Curtain Jerks is brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android... Whoa! <coughs> Lightning! <coughs> Smoke! <coughs> yeah! Mm-hmm. Love to read! Yeah! Uh-huh. Macho Good man, times! Ra- Macho Man Randy Savage, what are you doing here? Yeah, love to read. Talking about reading. Yeah, got a book right here. Uh-huh. Hey, wait a minute. You know, with audible.com backslash audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network. There's a lot of slashes in there. I don't know if any of those are accurate. Really? Let me try that again. Uh, you know, at audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network, you can read things with your ears on your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, or your MP3 player. What do you mean? I don't have to pick up a book no more. Yeah, you had the most muscular pinky I'd ever seen when you that, picked up that book. That's right. The the uh, See, the problem is that I have with books is they're my enemy. Yeah, because I always get paper cuts. That's why I always got tape on my fingers. Uh-huh. Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. You don't have to cut your fingers anymore on books. You can listen to these books. No more paper cuts? No more paper cuts. The beauty of Audible is I got no more paper cuts, so I can read even more with my ears. That sounds like a hell of a slogan. The beauty of Audible is no more paper cuts. No more paper cuts for the Macho Man, uh-huh. Huh, no. So you're telling me that I gotta pay for no more paper cuts? See, that's the beauty part, Macho Man Randy Savage. With this, you get a free audiobook once you use the uh, Curtain Jerks promo code. Free audiobook? Aha, uh-huh, yeah, I dig it. Mm-hmm. That's free, and then you're also gonna be free of paper cuts. Free of paper cuts, free of free downloads, free everything. Aha, uh-huh, the show is free. I like it. Aha. Uh-huh. You know what, Macho Man Randy Savage? You're welcome. Let's go to the circus. Let's do it. to Curtain Jerks, right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. And I'm Steve Sears. Uh, we both gestured grandly. <laughs> this happens every episode. We sort of shock each other with how we use our hands. Man, if you guys saw this on video, you'd go, I'd rather listen to it. Maybe we should give them the top secret link to our webcam. Okay. Let's not. Yeah, it was top secret, so yeah, if you it was, heard yeah, it. Top secret URL. It's in there. Yeah. Uh, this is the Curtain Jerks Comedy Wrestling Podcast. We bring you the funny each and every week. And we you don't enjoy it. Yeah, we don't do no that off season. Sounds like a threat. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It is a threat yeah. because there is no off season, and you will enjoy it. The threat of comedy is real. <laughs> yeah, if WWE and TNA and Raw—that's R-O-H, oh, so Raw, the indie say Raw, Raw. It's uh, like a, it's a Polynesian chant almost. Like you get the drums, and then you have Raw. Yeah, very Conan. Yeah. If they can bring you constant content and entertainment each week, so can we. Yeah, we we don't need a riding staff or a bunch of trucks. We've got a Honda Fit, a Toyota Camry, and uh, a penthouse full of recording equipment. Yep. So that's where our webcams are too, and our two cars. Yeah, they're all it's they're all driving cams. Yeah, I'm like the Japanese Mr. Eggplant from the '90s. What is that? Uh, there's this guy named Mr. Eggplant. That's what everybody affectionately dubbed him. And, and Kid he- Icarus. No, no, no. He was a real guy, and they called him that because his head was very long, like an eggplant. And he was he was like the first reality TV star, and he lived in this glass box, and he had video oh, cameras everywhere. Oh, the Miz. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he eventually became Mike Mizanin. <laughs> Mizanin Randon. Uh, 
what is that a European name? Mizanin? Mizanin? Yeah. I don't know. Or is it Mizanin because he's so crazy with his eyeballs? <laughs> don't. Okay, what did you think that meant? Like, I've seen him for a long time now. The Miz? The, not the Miz. I'll never understand what that is. It's just his name shortened. Was... But what, on the back of his trunks that he used to have, maybe he still does. I don't like to look back there. It's the eyes, and it says B Miz. Really? Yeah, you never I know. I've that? All, I never noticed the words because the eyes are piercing straight into my soul. Yes. I think I always thought it was impressive. They thought that that was the most intense thing about him, so they decided to make a black and white sort of like logo of it. But he's had it. He's had it in the indies. Like he had B Miz for all that time, and I never knew what it meant. It never made any sort of sense to me. Maybe he's a big like, musical fan. As ridiculous fan. as many catchphrases are, like if you smell what the rock is cooking, you can make sense of that. Yeah, he's got something on the fire. He's got something cooking. He's got an idea, and he wants to make sure the world is getting it. My mom asked me the the John Cena, you can't see me thing. She's like, so what is that? What was your explanation for Cena? uh, I said, well, it's like a taunt in a way of, you know, he puts his hand in front of his face. So you... You're, you know, he he moves so quick, like he's so beyond you. Yeah, you're not I think able to he's see on him. a different level. That's yes. what you can't see me is. It's like he's on a different level, and like, man, you can't even see me. And she said she did it to my dad, and then he's like, ugh. Yeah. He I just mean. gave it like a ugh. <laughs> uh, and then uh, when Stone Cold says what, he's actually he can hear what you're saying, but he chooses not to hear it. He wants you to reiterate your point in a way that is important to him yeah and like and when people reiterate and he just it's like i still don't care <laughs> make me make me make me believe but be miz I don't, it doesn't make any sense be miz does randy orton ever say anything uh it takes him a long time I, i'm trying to think if he's ever had a catchphrase has randy orton ever had a catchphrase uh legend kill like he's had concepts but he's never had like a catchphrase uh i think we should ask him he's yeah. here He's Is got it? a sandwich. He's eating a sandwich out in the lobby. No, 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 no. That was a guy who was He's eating a guy a- <laughs> in between bread? <laughs> I believe he was staring at that sandwich when I walked by. I was like, why is that guy staring at that sandwich? You th- he's eating that sandwich? Oh, I I assumed he was going to eat the sandwich. I, I saw him looking at it, too. I didn't think he was. I can see him through the open door right now. His mouth is open, but he's still looking at the sandwich. He's Maybe taking he's this going- viper thing way too far. Maybe he's really going for that bite. Randy? Randy, if you could come in here, we'd like to ask you about catchphrases in wrestling. Yeah, just some really quick questions. Very fast, quick questions. Yeah, Randy, when you're uh, listeners for Randy Orton, who appears on our show from time to time, he often takes a very long time in explaining. Hey, I was gonna guys. I I was gonna introduce you, Randy. It's Randy Orton, everybody, WWE superstar. Hey, Randy, it's good to have you on the show. Randy, we're wondering. We can't recall you ever having a catch- catchphrase. <laughs> yes, we don't. We don't ever. Rec- well, <laughs> Scott Narver, mm-hmm. Steve Sears yeah. of Curtain Jerks. Yeah, yeah. On the no. comedy podcast network. Network. Yeah, you don't have to go over that. We know that part. Everybody knows that part. It's like a radio podcast well, for your iPod. We don't know. This doesn't. You don't have to explain the show. Everybody, everybody, everybody who's listening. Everybody's I'm, oh, listening. I'm losing it. To Randy tell you about catchphrases. Okay. Do you have a catchphrase? I'm the Viper. 
That's your moniker. I'm the legend killer. Okay, these are monikers. These aren't catchphrases. Catchphrase like, and that's the bottom line because. Oh, I've got one. Okay. That's the bottom line. No, that's Stone Cold. You can't just take what I said. Stone Cold. No, don't use his name. Sandwich. <laughs> Stone Cold Sandwich. I've got a sandwich. Okay, Randy, let me give you another example of, of what, like, I am. The... I'm going to eat you okay. like this sandwich. <laughs> Randy. I'm workshopping some stuff. Okay. Uh, I am the game because I'm that damn good. That was a Triple H uh, catchphrase. I eat sandwiches. Slowly, just like you. I don't know what that means. I dislocate my jaw and eat rodents like you. <laughs> no one does that. No other humans do that, Randy. Is don't this... sleep with your snake. Because in time, it won't <laughs> eat anymore. Because it's trying to empty its stomach so it can eat you R randy let true me story randy okay google it i i don't want to google it randy okay let's do a role-playing scenario okay you're intimidating me i'm your opponent let's say i'm batista okay and you're gonna batista. have to yeah drax the destroyer and the new guardians of the galaxy i don't know why you're doing plugs for batista movie why are you doing plugs for marvel batista? films that doesn't make any phase sense. Phase two. You, we should be working on plugs for you. A catchphrase for you. So you're going to face Randy me Orton. Uh-huh. Ultimate Hawkeye. No, that you're again, that's another moniker. I'm we, taller than Jeremy Renner. That, oh, well, congratulations. Most people are. Uh, Randy, I'm Batista. You're facing me at Extreme Rules this Sunday. Intimidate me with your catchphrase. Okay. Okay. Batista, don't give me a promo. Bullseye. <laughs> Batista Bullseye. I'm Hawkeye. Ultimate Hawkeye. Randy, it's it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Maybe you should get back to that sandwich. Maybe I will get back to this sandwich. Randy, thanks. Don't, don't RKO for the having me. Don't RKO the sandwich. You're this sandwich right here. <laughs> Oh God! As a, there's Louis dressing everywhere. Steve, are you asleep? Steve, what? Huh? Good. Steve, what happened? Is is Randall still here? He's he's slowly pushing the sandwich out with his face. Oh, like a snake. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. I the first time I've ever dozed off during the podcast. Well, Randy Orton was talking. Man, he's great. No, really, he's all right. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like he's still pretty. Like, I know people criticize him for only having those moves, but he's good at those moves. He had a really good match with Cody Rhodes on Raw. He had a good match in that they teased, like, who's going to win. They had the good false finishes. Like, it was a solid match. Two segments and all that. And Really? Was it? Is it building anything up? or were they? Just oh, don't worry. Up? He won. Oh, he did? Good. Good, yes. good, good. Uh, they weren't building anything up. They were just filling out the card. Yeah, he's just a guy. Is this? Are they still in Europe? No. They're back. They were in... um. America. Okay, I got you. I got you. That's uh, where we live. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember what city they're uh, in. Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. Close to Dayton. I guess. Somewhere in Ohio. Hey, if they don't get married, they're always close to Dayton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some exciting stuff did happen on that European tour, right? Uh, this uh, Undertaker and Dean Ambrose 
Did you get to see that match? Yeah, that on, on SmackDown. On SmackDown. I was excited once I heard about that because it was Undertaker on TV doing How excited singles. were you? Not enough to watch it, but there I was very go. excited. Take that, sci-fi. How was it? It was really good. Yeah? Because it's, it's uh, they, you know, you got the match that you wanted to see. Mm-hmm. When do they really do that anymore? When did they give you that match? Because it seems like on, on paper that someone backstage would have been like, I'll have him fight Roman Reigns. He's the biggest one. Yeah, opposed to it's like, uh, have him fight Dean Ambrose, the crazy weird one. Yeah, it's like, we're never going to get to see this. He hardly wrestles anybody. This is the only time we're going to see that singles match. Like, please give it to us, please. I wonder, I'm I'm curious because it's. I was excited about it. I think I'm going to probably check it out on either YouTube or illegally download it from thepiratebay.org <laughs> or .me. Wait, the, the SmackDown match? Yeah, I'd, I'd check it out. What's interesting about it to me is that one I think Undertaker give it to you. I don't think you have to illegally download SmackDown matches. I don't know. Do you like in Hulu in chunks? Yeah, Hulu will give it the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, SmackDown. All right, I'll check it out. They're just what, giving it away. What What I find interesting is Undertaker probably had a lot of say in it. I was wondering if he picked Ambrose or if they just were like, "We need to show Undertaker because it's a European tour." They did that because mm-hmm. they were sort of there was no Jericho, there was no Punk, and they they were like, "Who's the biggest we got besides Cena?" He's like, I'll fight the Jeff Hardy one. Yeah, you think he just... Uh, but at the same time, he's sort of... Hey, Jeff, you got younger. He's notorious for kind of notorious. He's, he's supportive of younger wrestlers. Notorious he, for being dead. Yeah, he's notorious for being so generous. Did you see that thing I posted on our Facebook? Yeah, the uh, I watched that before you posted on the Facebook. Oh, good. I should have posted on the Facebook. Good point, Scott. Uh, but, like, that was a local Undertaker. Oh, I see everything. Yeah, Undertaker did a promo for a church bicycle uh, rally, like bicycle and motorcycle rally in Texas for a church, uh, and he was in Biker Taker getup. Yes. It was incredible. It was so strange to see him. Like it was. They referred to him as Mark along with this other – Mark. motorcyclist a bicyclist the other guy's a bicyclist oh right 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 so it's just a real a, dork a real two wheels rally they could have called it <laughs> yeah it's like we're having a mobile rally but undertaker doesn't speak doesn't he nod and grunt here and there i don't think he grunts he probably grunted and they're like oh we're gonna have to cut that out yeah, yeah. uh God, that was just like it's for a, a guy who we only get like a photograph of a year, mm-hmm. like outside of the gimmick. It's so interesting to see him in a commercial. Like I can, these are the three things I can mention. Okay, Suburban Commando is the high pitched mercenary. Yes. Uh, the photo of him scuba diving. Yes. And this commercial. <laughs> Those are the three <laughs> opportunities I can think of of the Undertaker being out in the in the real world. I remember when he was on Jimmy Kimmel Live. As what? As the Undertaker. As the Undertaker or Badass? Well, the Badass Undertaker that could talk, like, and do interviews. That's why, one of the many reasons why I loved Biker Taker more than Dead Man Undertaker. Because he would go do interviews. He like, was a more, he was a realer character because you got, he was He, he was, was a, no, 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 no. He was a real character. Opposed to a realer character? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's not, he's not dead. And you imagine him showing up on a talk show in purple robes and, like, well, that's the nice Crushed thing. Crushed velvet and lace uh, cufflinks and a little bit of beads around the neck and it's white with a little bit of spot right here above his cheek that's a big old fat mole. It's just a raisin. He's stuck it there. A little bit of just paleness all over and then a, just a rug of a wig that goes on his head. Ooh, my cookies, fruit and cake. Why did Sarah leave him? I'll never understand. Yeah, I don't understand. Because he has a third character we don't get to see, the foppish dick. <laughs> 
um, but he he would do these interviews. He would be this persona that could go other places rather than like okay. As much as I enjoy Undertaker and seeing him on television, but seeing him on Raw, seeing him on SmackDown, and seeing what his outfit is, like he's wearing a onesie pajama is what it looked like. Yeah. It looks weird for an older guy covered in tattoos, but he's wearing these spandex pajamas that just like it's the shirt that tucks into the pants uh-huh. and it's got little demon things on it. But it looks like his his nighttime jammies. <laughs> he, does, like, he looks like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I guess I suppose a lot of to, like a cool biker vest and jeans that can carry no matter what age you are. Uh huh. He always looks like he just strolled in off of 300 miles on the road. He's ready to kick some ass. But Daniel Bryan amongst Kane and Undertaker looks like the most normal guy. Yeah, that's Even weird. though he's the least imposing. And he's got the biggest beard and he's just wearing underpants and some giant knee-high boots. Yeah, but that's the most normal sort of competitive wear compared to like, what's that? Hey, uh, are you tucking your... Are you tucking your spandex into your spandex? Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, imagine if actually The Undertaker does that because he's wearing Taz's singlet. <laughs> Why would he be wearing? He's wearing a Japanese a woman's swim team. Because he lost uh, a bathing, bet? You know, yeah, because he's wearing a Japanese women's swim team like one suit, bathing, bathing suit that's underneath his uh, the tights, the pants. That's why Taz is so upset over in TNA. Yeah, that's why he's so angry. Because Undertaker's using his gear. So they're all wearing the biker stuff yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to show you. If you're going to wear our stuff and try to make it look good, we're going to wear your stuff and show you how good we can make it and look. And everybody looks super badass in the biker stuff over there. Yeah, I was. the best part about that is every guy has sort of his unique style. But it's just them wearing their Sunday jeans, I imagine. <laughs> these are just my Sunday jeans. I just wear them when I want to kick back. I wear them on Thursday. Yeah, I just want to crack some heads with a bicycle chain. Just it's my Sunday jeans. Um, Speaking of which, I really like Aces and Eights. It's a shame Undertaker didn't come out as the vice as the president of, of Aces and Eights. It is a shame. Can you imagine how just utterly bugfuck crazy that would be? What if, guys, Marvel Comics, what if Elseworlds this? Elseworlds the shit out of this. So he didn't leave during WCW for... Millions of dollars. No. He took he a left sweet $400,000. Just a sweet $400,000 for a two-week run. For the sweet comfort of wearing his Sunday jeans. The Sunday jeans and a bunch of other guys wearing their Sunday jeans. Ah, just being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Hey, did Undertaker ride a different motorcycle every time he came to the ring in SmackDown? I think so. Yeah, it was every week. It was the same as Del Rio's car, Fandango's dancer, and... Uh, Oh, that's different now. She's a she's an she's an NXT gal, right? She's an NXT. Apparently, yeah. Can she? Dance? I don't know what happened to this other one. Can she dance? Oh, she can move. Yeah, she can shake. All right, shimmy and a shake. Shimmy and a shake, and it gives me the uh, pants quake. <laughs> gotcha. In your Sunday jeans. Don't let that happen in your Sunday jeans. Those Why not, are, Scott? Those are your Sunday jeans. It's all right. I go say a prayer afterwards. All right. Okay. Um. I don't know about this uh, this new dancer, though. Yeah? I don't know. What's her name? I, I don't know. I haven't met her. I guess that's why you don't know about her. Well, she's blonde. I thought it was Michelle McCool, and I thought, oh, shit's going down. Fandango stole Undertaker's wife. She can't. Oh, she's blonde. She's blonde. That uh, other I thought she's, broad was I a thought, brunette. I thought you were making light of the word blind. No. She's terribly, terribly blonde. <laughs> she's so. He, Fandango has a blonde girl as a dancer. No. Uh. She yeah, she's a blonde gal instead of the brunette girl. I don't know what happened to the brunette girl. Maybe I'm, someone asked her like, "Hey, do you take bumps?" 
No. And then she's like, back to the ballroom studio. Yeah, we want we want some pretty girl that we can throw around and bruise up. I like girls with bruised legs. What? Well, I'm not. I don't want not ones wait, wait, that wait. I put there. <laughs> okay. Oh, you like some abused girl that? No, I don't like. Is looking for sanctuary. Abuse aside, I just like a girl with a few bruises on her legs because it looks like she like bumps into stuff or she's like climbing upstairs or climbing trees and stuff. What about the arms? Yeah, arms too. As long as they're not like handprint bruises. There's something about bruises in general that make me think that it's a person who sort of goes on adventures. Hopefully not into spousal abuse territory. Not that it's their fault. <laughs> and that they're bench. I've got a roadmap for, for abuse. Hold on. No, this is fascinating. You like bruised up gals. There's something about it where it's like, yeah, they they can take a bump. And it's not that they got punched in the face, but it's like, it's the, you know, here's the best way to describe it. Okay. A good friend of mine uh, was at a creek with a girl. And this was in Berkeley. There's creeks all over the place because it's fucking Berkeley. And creeps. Yeah, a lot of creeps. And what they were like playing and like they were looking at the water there was like a salamander in the water and she was like she was reaching for it and then she got mud on her hands and he was like i really like this girl when do i make my move and when she got like mud on her hands she just instinctively wiped it off on her own jeans like she cleaned her hands on her jeans so it was like she didn't care and so So not in the water no, like she washed her hands, but she dried her hands. Like oh, she okay. just like cleaned them. I'm like, she's jeans. fucking stupid. If she gets mud on her <laughs> hands and there's water all around her, and they're like, well, just wipe it on my jeans. Well, when you gonna kiss me? When she did that, he was like, wow, she just cleaned her pan- her hands on her jeans. He just like they were Sunday jeans. Probably, hopefully, I think they would probably have been comfortable if she wiped her hands on them, right? Nice. So then he just went. He did the the hand underneath the chin, and he kissed her right then. But that was the that was the impetus, the moment where she. Wait, 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 wait! wait. You're supposed to put the hand under the chin. Well, I mean, you don't have to do that specifically. I do the Undertaker throat like choke slam grab. <laughs> yeah, that way they mom cat up and their eyes bulge and they don't know what to do. Yeah, and they're looking around. They're prone and then they have to be kissed. Yeah, otherwise they're getting a choke slam. Scott, you got to be careful about that because if you go in for the kiss, she could just go for those elbows. Uh, just like I have been reversed several times <laughs> yeah, then, and been choke slammed in return. Yeah, and then you you get kissed. <laughs> But that, that's to me is a lady, a gal probably has a few bruises on her legs is the equivalent of what of cleaning your dirty hands on your pants is the same as having a bruise on your leg. What about, is, are you getting the vibe of what I'm trying to lay down? A little are you bit. smelling what I'm cooking uh, or, or is it like, are there tentacles coming out of the pot and like gross stink lines? Uh, well, I, I need some more clarification. What if there are cuts on her? Uh, are they self-inflicted? She says, um, no. No, no. Oh, are, are we locked in a freezer somewhere, and that's why she's talking like that? Yes. Oh, God. What does she sound like when she says that, when it's no, the temperature is normal? God, no! Oh, yeah, then sure. That's, like, uh, any sort of craft, like like oh, like a craftsman or a craftswoman, someone who has a skill, like, I think that's what's interesting. And there's part of that is paint on under your fingers, or it's like uh, the paint on your clothes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's Okay, sort what of, if she has scars? Are they self-inflicted? <laughs> no, no. She just has a cat that's unruly. No, it's just like when she when she's clumsy, she's hospital clumsy. Yeah, I guess that's kind of cute. So a lot of scars, scarred up arms, scarred up legs. Well, I'm not look. I, I'm not saying that I'm like I look as long as they're interesting to talk to. <laughs> what about a female uh, Devon? Like she's she's really pretty. She's a super great gal and everything. But her forehead looks like Devon Dudley. You know, Scott, I don't know. Do, do we have good conversations? 
Oh, you have the best of conversations. Does she trust me? She does she respect me? She does. Do I trust and respect her? But at the same time, you notice on a cold day, much like Abdullah the Butcher, she, she just, just starts, starts to bleeding. bleed out of her forehead. He says that because the skin tightens up because of the temperature. Mm-hmm. Look, it just sounds like we're really made for each other. <laughs> okay. And I've got this mustache now that is just made for kissing foreheads and mopping stuff up. Well, there blood, you go. Bobbing blood up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's time that uh, we we have this. Uh, so that's probably going to go in the description, right? Steve likes bruised chicks. Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, speaking of, of bruised uh, people in the world, uh, this is a very special thing happened on this past Raw. Uh, John Cena... I talked to a Make-A-Wish kid on, on, on the Today Show and then invited that kid along with some other kids out on Raw and made them honorary superstars. And they do so much work for the, with the Make-A-Wish kids and everything. And I thought, it's only fair. We get emails from time to time. We have people reaching out to us. Turns out we had a Make-A-Wish kid that wanted to be on the podcast. Really? Yeah. This is fantastic. I didn't. Oh, I should have told you this. I'm sorry. No, I, I don't read the notes. I yeah he he was excited about meeting you but I'm like yeah I know I get it you want to meet Scott Diver <laughs> host of Curtain Jerks <laughs> and like, the kid just kept oh, saying it's, it's a lot like I want to meet Hulk Hogan well we've got the Miz <laughs> what uh, the Miz Mike Mizanin <laughs> he's also a kid like you yeah, B Miz this is 1987 yeah B Miz B him hey so, it's your birthday we got the Miz in his underpants <laughs> yay yay Target um. So he's here, yeah. He's the the kids out in the lobby. He's a, he's a little boy. His his name's Charlie, and uh, I I thought we'd bring him in here. His parents are kind enough. His parents are you know just gonna have him sit in, and he's gonna join us for a segment of the podcast because he's he's really looking forward to it. So. Is he? What is he cool? Yeah, no, he's, <laughs> is he cool, man? <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Everything's cool. You don't have to put anything away. Great, wheel him in. We can leave out the flashlights and the guns. It's all right. <laughs> all the, yeah, all our sweet promotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, wheel him in. God, a Smith and Wesson and flashlight get on this show soon. God, yes. I don't know why we have those two objects, and I don't know why we use them together. Because <laughs> they can work together. <laughs> that is just the worst taxi driver bullshit. That no is way, so... man. I'm telling you, that's this like is the greatest film. tag team there is. Smith and Wesson and Fleshlight. God, that's terrible. That is just terrible. Free ad right there. Yeah, see, take that, Smith and Wesson. Charlie, Charlie, come on in. Charlie, come on in. Go, here, go, just set up next to one of these microphones here. Charlie, good to have you. Hi, how are you doing, buddy? Hi. Hey. So you're a wrestling fan, huh? Yeah. Were you there at that Raw episode with uh, John Cena? Yeah. I was in the gorilla position. Oh, you know what that is, huh? You're in the gorilla position. Yeah, they told me because they wouldn't let me go out on stage because there's only three kids that could go out on stage. They wouldn't let you go out on stage? Yeah, but they said I was in gorilla position, so I was there. Oh, well, it's a shame. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry you couldn't be one of the guys. Uh -uh, I got to see every wrestler before they came out, and I high-fived them. You high-fived each and every single wrestler you saw? Well, I put my hand up way high, and they just sort of put this less like softball. Did Who was your favorite guy that you got to meet? Biggie Langston! B so big! Yeah? You, you gonna get that big someday? No, my body won't be able to. <laughs> oh, oh, Charlie. Oh, sorry. Just looking at these tweets from earlier. <laughs> no, that's... um. Hey, thanks, Scott Narver. Yeah. You know what? You know what my wrestling name is. What's your wrestling name, Charlie? They, they had us pick our wrestling names, What's and then your... they were gonna have. Then John Cena was gonna ask us our wrestling names. Yeah. And they were gonna have the audience treat us like superstars. Uh huh. But I was in gorilla position. Uh huh. 
What's your wrestling name? Drumkit. Drumkit? I'm Drumkit. Can I ask what that means, Charlie? It means I bounce guys' heads off the mat like a drumkit. Okay. Well, Larry hey. Jordan can have that one if he wants it, but it's mine. Yeah, it's yours, Charlie. You, you're Charlie Drumkit, so that's just Drumkit. Uh oh, just Drumkit. Drumkit. Oh, Drumkit. Yeah, Drumkit. <laughs> can I? Now. Can I ask so everybody has maybe an understanding of, you know, uh, your condition? What's 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 happening with you? Well, it's a really long word, and I'm not sure what it is. But all I know is that my body won't grow strong. Your body won't grow strong. Um, well, maybe that's why I'm in this wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to ask you about that. Yeah, you don't have a wheelchair like other kids. You're in a wheelbarrow. No, my body will form fit to the wheelchair, and then I can't use my back. Oh, well, I'm surprised you use your back much in the wheelbarrow. Yeah, I mean, look at me. Well, okay. Check this out. Yeah. Wow, you lifted two of your fingers. That's pretty cool, Charlie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was in a gorilla position. They wouldn't <laughs> let me be on TV. Well, did you get to uh, did you get to make any calls of when a wrestler would get to go out on out in the ring? Yeah. Who who'd you who'd you send out there? Alberto Del Rio walked past me and he got his scarf in my face. Oh, was that fun for you? No, uh, it was weird. Like backstage, he's always got this grimace on his face, like he's really unhappy. And then he goes out on the stage, and on the little monitor, I saw his face, and he was so happy. But he smiles the way that my parents do. <laughs> kind of like this mask. <laughs> like you put on this mask for Halloween, and it's like a smiley face. But underneath, you're crying. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's just a character choice. I'm sure it has nothing to do with your frail little body uh taking shape in that wheelbarrow that you're in charlie i'm taking the shape of the wheelbarrow oh scott scott steve scott yes steve, charlie scott steve yeah rico was there rico was there rico was there rico constantino yeah the guy with the tiger paints and the big sideburn hair oh are you sure that wasn't roberto rodriguez uh, ricardo rodriguez what no no no. wait why are you getting all said ricardo rodriguez no, he Rico just Rico was there. Uh, hey, okay. Uh, look, I, I just know that Ricardo Rodriguez was wearing those sort of tiger pants. You mean Rico? Uh, Scott, what are you talking? Sure. Look, look. I, no, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. His body is form fitting that. Sh yeah, but I'm not gonna lie to him. No, if, no. If we, look, he's not look, in that wheelbarrow. Charlie, he's gonna be in a shovel. Charlie, that wasn't Rico. Okay, what? that was Ricardo Rodriguez, and he just happened to be wearing the same pants. But we drove all the way to the SmackDown tapings. They it doesn't it. make any difference. It's, you know, you got to learn the difference between your wrestlers. They poured me into the back seat and said, you're riding with Biggie Langston and Rico. No, that wasn't Rico. Do you have a picture of Rico? Yeah, it's right here. It's underneath me. That's it's just reach. All right. Just here you go. That's Ricardo Rodriguez. It's Rico. It's it's Ricardo Rodriguez. Rico D's. You're all right. Then let me ask you that. I'm going to pull up a picture of a wrestler, all right? Scott, you're grilling the hell out of this. Hold kid. on. He, well, he's being stupid. <laughs> it's not his fault. Okay, is this. Who is this? That's Rico. No, that is Kane without his mask on. What? This kid. All right. Why Charlie, is he, why Charlie is he who's fishing? this? That's Rico. What the fuck? That is. Chuck Palumbo. But would you keep it down? His parents are going to come in there. I don't care. They're baby. They're coddling this kid. Like, how does he expect to be a superstar? Okay, who's this? I don't want to be 
be a superstar anymore. It's well, do you not? Who's this? Who Robert is Robert Townsend? <laughs> All right, that is that is the cover of Meteor Man. Yes, you're right. Who is this? It's Tommy. Who's Tommy? In the pinball musical, the Hugh, the Hugh did. That is John Cena. He was going to be the guy that said you're an honorary superstar. You think it's Tommy from the Broadway musical, The Who's Tommy? I lost my glasses. Oh. They can't stay to my face because my body sweats because it can't grow strong. And then my glasses came off and then I can't see. You know what? Learn your wrestling history before you think you get into the business, okay? Someone You're like all those guys that just want to profit because you got a body. You're one of those guys Scott, that please. doesn't know your shit. Scott, get your fingers you, out of his face. You people make me sick. Scott, come on. No, man. The fucking going in and profiting I, uh, Scott, I'm just to be a name. I'm wheeling him out of here. Good. I'm yeah. Charlie, thank you, you for out. joining us. Charlie, you get the fuck out of here. No. I don't care for that one bit using his using his name or trying to use his body to get in just like all those muscle head guys. So you're saying that he has the equivalent of a bodybuilder trying to become a wrestler because he's a disabled kid trying to get into the world of wrestling. Yeah, he's just hanging on one name, Rico, who wasn't even there. I, but he's a good wrestler, right? Yeah, Rico's great. <laughs> I love Rico. That's why I don't like his name tarnished. All right, fair enough. I will maybe maybe we'll see Charlie again, depending on how. Oh gee, I hope he makes it real big, not knowing who anybody is. Piece of shit. I don't. Where would they get a wheelbarrow that size? I don't know. It's a really big wheelbarrow. If he does grow up big, he's gonna be a big dude. Yeah, true. True dat, Scott. True dat. It is time for jerk tweaks. Every week, send your. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna get some water while I vamp. Every week, go to Twitter.com. Send us your. You've made the stretch motions. You want stretch marks on your body, like Charlie. Every week, go to Twitter.com/slash curtain jerks and send us your hashtag jerk tweets. Our first one here. Is in response to uh, what I tweeted on Raw, I said, Raw is a show where you see wrestling and the commentators laugh and talk about how old they are and not talk about the wrestling. That's what it seems to be just becoming, is just the commentators not telling the story. And not, not selling the stakes of it. No, they're just uh, talking the about chicken nuggets. <laughs> reference after reference, and you're old as shit, and you, you, know, you used a reference from the 40s, you re- used a reference from the 60s, you're old, you're old, you're old, and Josh Matthews is so young, he has to Google everything on SmackDown. It's like, all right, I'm getting tired of this. Maybe there's, uh, what's the question? Oh, so, so th- <laughs> here in response, uh, the... The underscore real underscore LRG, the real large, I suppose, says, agreed. In fact, here's a jerk tweet for you. Replace Raw commentary team with any current WWE roster members. Hmm. So you can do a team of three or a team of two. And it took me a long, it took me a long time to think about this, an ideal team. But I think part of what's lost is, number one, even a guy like JBL, the opinion is gone. This is what I thought. He, used to, he was a great heel commentator, and now he doesn't even seem to have that. Yeah, it's it's nothing's in, holding his hat up. Does that make sense? Yes, <laughs> uh, that uh, like the the opinionated commentator is gone because it's just sort of a wash of like, yeah, we feel this way. And information, 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 yeah. and occasionally he'll have it. He seems to keep it more than most, but that's what happened with Taz at the end. Like when Taz lost that during his SmackDown run. It just became bland. Like when he doesn't have the strong opinion, it's gone. 
There's nothing to bounce off of. There's no point in having a color commentator. You're just having two play-by-play guys. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Here's mine. I say JR, Mick Foley, and Paul Heyman. That would be fantastic. That would be an amazing three-man team. Uh, Foley was doing SmackDown for a little while, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he was he got yelled at so much uh, from Vince. Like I actually I met him at Comic Con and uh, I was complimenting him because I thought he told really great stories over time, which at that point seemed lacking. Like he was a uh, Kozlov was a great example that Kozlov was debuting, and in the beginning Mick would joke about him. Like, give him that little bit of credibility of, like, oh, he's a Sambo champion, but he'd always make a joke about it, like the the combos champion, like the snacks. And, yeah. You know, um, and give him a little bit of credit. And then over time, Kozlov would shoot him a look or something like that, and then Foley would get a little bit more serious each time. And then there was a time where Kozlov just, like, flat out just dead stared him. And then from that point on, Foley gave him credibility of like, I don't want to fuck with this guy. So just a great sort of a stat, not a well, building a wrestler as a uh, as a uh, as a commentary guy. Yeah, like that's building cool. the 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 legend of him. Mm-hmm. And I really really dug that because it felt really different. And I think I, any yeah, it's different. Any way you can build a character in a way that is unexpected but still has some sort of credibility, I think is fantastic. Your roster, your lineup's way better than mine. I got some backup guys too. If you if you want your own, well, I like what's I've, your what's yours? I was uh, I feel like I'd only seen Punk do commentary once or twice, mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool. I feel like there aren't. It's hard to not pick a big character because you don't want the character to be overshadowed. Also, like there, your job when you're doing commentary is to be a character, but you want to sort of in, you want to be able to sell other people's other people's characters. <laughs> yes. But, uh, like, you can't be so – like, so whenever so whenever a guy comes out for guest commentary now, it's always to pr- promote an angle. Like, I'm going to be watching my opponent fight someone, and I'm going to be shit-talking him the whole time. I'm going to shit-talk him. But you know what? At the same time, I really respect him for the yin-ring competitor that they are. Like, yeah. But right, this stop. is obviously going to end with us fighting or me shooting him a look or something. Yeah. And not shooting him a look in the way you talked about it, but it always ends with a showdown. Uh, Cesaro and Miz did it awesome when Cesaro just – windmilled him against the walls back yes. and forth that was awesome that was so great um god i guess we really don't like the miz no uh coming up next week our special guest <laughs> the miz um i think yeah it's hard like i there's i really like big characters and those are the people that we would get excited about i think someone like flair had he legends contract <laughs> <laughs> i think that'd be really cool it's hard for me to pick I feel like you really nailed it with Heyman, Jr. and uh, what about Styles? Is he just Styles still works he's doing there? Like, like WWE. I, I had him as right? a backup guy. I wrote JBL like if he was opinionated, and I think Regal. I've heard Regal do commentary from time oh, to time. Oh yeah, it, it's that. I there's think a technical. Lost right there's now, a credibility for the that I think is necessary for anybody doing commenta- uh, commentating is if they have that credibility. Credibility. Right, I'm just adding Y's and stuff to the end of everything. Credibility. Credibility. Papers. Um, he would be great because he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He'd be a great heel commentator. He'd be a great just straight color commentator. I think it's awesome. Scott, you're pretty awesome. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Steve Cardi 98 says, do you guys like Botchamania? Just curious. Yeah. I love it. I've watched it for a very, very long time. I've probably seen almost every episode. At one point there, it got really difficult because it kept pulling down YouTube accounts. Because he's using uh, the WWE. Yeah, he's using licensed material. So I fell off a little bit, but 
Yeah, I very much like Botchamania. I think for me, it's more of a guilty pleasure. Like when I come across it, I'll be like, yeah, I'll dedicate 15, 20 minutes to an hour of just watching every video I can. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's just sort of catching it when I can. And when you do, it's it's getting it's pulling back the curtain. It's watching these sort of mishaps. It's like for me, those are America's Funniest Home Videos. But yeah. they're like on the greatest stage. I mean, that it, I really like. It makes me frightened for independent wrestlers that do the like insane crazy shit that's so unnecessary where it's all right you three be down there i'm gonna go up on a ladder that's on the turnbuckle and then not look when i jump and go backwards and spin four times you, you guys, guys will be there right yeah you'll be there right oh we'll we've be all been there. doing this for four months <laughs> and i then the guy who we stepped in today is, is covering for his cousin but he works at the bank together and i'm pretty sure he goes to the gym every afternoon that makes i can't believe that there's not Younger guys watching that now and going, all right, I'm going to wrestle like Jerry the King Lawler or Jake the Snake Roberts and be super fucking cerebral in what I do and not do any of that. I, that's how I always imagined it for me, because at heart, I am a coward. <laughs> I mean, I think that we've talked about this before, like what kind of wrestlers we'd want to be. There's who you want to be. And then there's like what I actually think I could be capable of. I'm tall. I would have to work out a lot more, but I would want to do sort of a Memphis style sort of like, yeah, I slowly punch the guy in the top of the head just like a bully would. <laughs> <laughs> boink, boink, boink. Yeah, I like that. I like Ambrose, like watching him move and like he stands up straight when he walks around the ring. That's what I think so bizarre. He walks around like uh, he stands up straight and he takes these like these strange strides. And then other times he sort of ducks low kind of like a like a commando, but when he walks around and he sort of kicks his legs around and he spins mm -hmm. on his heels, he does these very weird poised mo movements. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Everything feels very poised. And if you watch the rest of the shield, uh, Rollins is starting to do it now also in Reigns. Like the three of them do, like they spin. Like, like that's what the biggest thing. Tactical I maneuvers. Tactical maneuvers. Yeah. yeah. Well-oiled machine. Chris Bickley 5 says, what storylines in wrestling did you think had potential but didn't live up to your expectations? Anonymous Raw GM, King Regal, and Poster Kane? Uh, uh, Nexus Invasion. Oh, yeah. I forget about that. I forgot about the Nexus Invasion. That's what got us excited again in 2000. Was that 2012? 2011? Um, it's like 10 or 11, I think. Yeah, that Somewhere was. Somewhere around there. That was like a very strange, like six issue episode arc in Raw magazine. Like, if that makes sense, it was just it was like really compelling there for a while. Yeah, I had never seen the ring exposed on wrestling television before. I thought that was like that made well, it, was it a the extra. It was a deconstruction of everything that we've sort of held dear as wrestling fans in terms of like that's the ring. That nobody damages the ring. You know, nobody damages the ring, and nobody reveals what it is because you know. We've all been told it's wood and canvas, like that's what it is, but it's they peeled it back. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan, like doing weird stuff with Michael Cole, like giving a shit he, he, about something Michael Cole was involved with, you know? What? Like Daniel Bryan had that confrontation with Michael Cole on NXT, and they were sort of oh, like. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And like that was very strange, like that the story was that Daniel Bryan just couldn't win. And I was like, I'm pissed off that I care because I think this is such a stupid story that it's like, just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but I was compelled. It was so strange. Like, you described it best at the time. You cared again. You know, you cared about these characters. And, like, it weren't, it wasn't the main event, but there was just these very strange interactions. There's that iconic moment as they take everybody out, but when they all swarm on Cena, um, Cena is 
like gasping. He has one arm up and and a like gasping drowning in the ocean. Like one arm flails out and then like ah yeah. And they all pull him down. So that was cool because at the time it's 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 a gang of, you know, essentially no names. But also with this like hungry wolves, up and comers, young Turks. You know? Which which gave them all the credibility in the world because they took them all down and he's scared. Yeah. Because it is seven dudes that are just pissed off enough. It's kind of always it's what we joke about with Zack Ryder and stuff like that. It's like challenge the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Do it. You've right got now. that mic, just do it. And yeah. they did it. It's it's that seven guys like, fuck all of this. We're not these we're not the guys. We're the guys. Yeah, like also the the that's what made the CM Punk thing so interesting when he cut that infamous La, uh, Las Vegas promo, infamous, infamous, uh, was that it was like, wow, this is a breakdown of everything that we know. They're gonna cut him off. He can't get away with this. This is it's the always the revealing the curtain. I've said that three times this episode, but that's what people want to see because you're always being spoon fed stories. Yes, and whenever you feel like you're getting a piece of something that's candid. Or like, or, the, or taboo. Remember this, yeah. Or like, we're you're just, supposed to remember what we tell you to remember. Yeah, but or being to, like, remember this. Remember how you weren't being told to remember this. So much of it, whenever it feels subversive, that's when it gets very exciting. And I think that's why NWO really hit the nail on the head because it was like, oh, WCW is the company, and it's the company versus itself. Like it's this, and and then it's also the boss and Stone Cold. It's Vince McMahon. It's yeah. whenever there's sort of uh, Boy, that was a real letdown, huh? Yeah, that would. Austin be. and Vince, they no. could have ran with that thing, I tell you. But that's uh, those... who doesn't want to beat up their boss? Seriously, and I mean, who who does the boss have? It's not like they've got some guy from uh, the copy room who's the Lord of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I think that anytime you have a rebellion against the the norm, that's mm-hmm. what really story wise people get excited. That's Star Wars. That's anything else. <laughs> uh, one, I, I think that's a very good example. I think um, there there were two that s- stuck out in my mind. Uh, one being Zach Gowan, that I thought that was such a unique. I, it's partially the character. It's partially him as a person. Like what all kind of fell apart. But a what one, is, yeah, what a strange, strange place that was. Yeah, a one-legged kid that had the heart and desire to be a superstar, but. How do you do it? How do you make it credible enough that the kid can win? But I was intrigued by his story. I thought it was that courageous story of, like, he overcame the odds. Yeah. And he trained and he did it. And then he was exciting, though. Like, what? I just got totally thrown by. There's toilet paper on the desk. Uh, At a computer? Yeah. Uh, Masturbation. Immediately, that's the first thing (laughs) I think of. We've got to clean this penthouse up. And get rid of all these penthouses. (laughs) Membership websites. And flashlights. Yeah. Um. That uh, Zach Gowan is is an exciting person to see, but as much as I thought it was fucked up and I loved it, he's going up against Brock Lesnar, who's throwing him down the stairs. And he's going up against Vince McMahon, who... Who looks like your boss, who ate a blimp. Yeah, so... Made of muscles. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that guy, but I had looked forward to, I think it was a SummerSlam, where he was supposed to have the pre-match with uh, Matt Hardy or something like that. But I was in, I wanted to see what would unfold, like that alone. I but so I think that was the shame that it all went to shit. And the new NWO, 
because I didn't watch the NWO at the time. In WCW? Yeah, I missed it, and then I saw whatever I could see later. Mm -hmm. So when they were coming to WWE, I was excited because they were invading what I was watching. Yeah, they were invading what you take as, as the norm. Yeah, so then when it's, oh, Hulk Hogan's the ultimate superhero fan guy again. Well, shit, that's over. We got to take him out. Yeah, I it's a I shame they couldn't I completely missed that NWO WWE time. It didn't last long. Yeah, I think I that's why it was just a, such a blip. I didn't even register it. So, that that was a shame too cuz it seems like as much as the crowd turned and as much as they loved him, it didn't have to be an immediate while well, he's got to be pulled out. They could have done the struggle for a little while of like the fans love me. It's like you're leaving your brothers, you're leaving the wolf pack, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, of course. I fucking t-shirts, brother. <laughs> uh it's funny that you mentioned there. Like, when you show me those WrestleManias, there's like I feel like there was a five year period where everything was hitting, like, and it was more exciting than the '80s, and it wasn't as big as a cultural phenomenon. It was right post Attitude Era, but it was like Undertaker, Triple H, Rey Mysterio, Edge, Kurt Angle, Benoit. Everybody was there at the same time, and every card felt packed to the gills, and mm -hmm. it was just crazy. And like. I feel like I get I'm glad I get to see that now, but like Raw and SmackDown at that time would have been so exciting. Those pay-per-views, every time we watch one, I'm so stoked. Like Lesnar also, like that all that sort of time where it felt like everything was firing at once. Like everybody was really great at their craft. Yeah, everybody was just juiced up enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just enough. I don't know. There was something I'm I'm sorry I missed that and I'm sort of hoping that it can get back to that point. Well, it ain't over, suckers. Oh, Jack Swagger. It's not over, scrotums. Hey. It's not over, nutsacks. How you doing, buddy? Oh, you're looking for some people that are good at their craft? I guess so. I was just talking about how there was that time when, like, Undertaker and Lesnar Yeah, today. Were... Yeah, Undertaker, Lesnar. Yeah, but yeah, they're around. Kurt they're Angle and Chris uh, Benoit. Well, you mean Jack Swagger and uh, Alberto Del Rio? Well, I don't know if that... Uh... I think we're pretty much the equivalent of what that is. I don't think I'd be as excited of a tag team with the two of you. Oh, well, that's why we're going against each other at Extreme Rules. Yeah, uh, Extreme Rules. Speaking of which, yes. uh, you guys are having a ladder match, correct? We're having... A ladder match. But aren't all three of you... You know where at? Ladder match Extreme Rules. Yeah, at Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules? Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. Uh, what was Paul Heyman's uh, company that he started? ECW. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, You're not thinking of WCW, are you? No, that was Ted Turner, right? Yeah, that's, that's Ted Turner. Who was Ted Turner's wife? Captain Planet. Captain Planet, right. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Jane. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Thank you. That Jane. was your bit of a. That was your rib. Yeah. That was. That was your rib. I pulled a rib on you. You got me. You. Do you feel like you're part of the wrestling world? Uh, it's not really. I mean, you're no Charlie. No. I... That kid Charlie's gonna go places. Did you get to meet Charlie when uh, I wrestled him? What? I wrestled Charlie. Was that a dark match or was that? No, I wrestled him out in the lobby. Oh wow. He wanted to see some moves. I made him tap out in under four minutes. Under. <laughs> you made a kid that you. You, I assume you picked him up out of his wheelbarrow, and it took you four minutes to submit him? No, I I, I broke the uh, wheel of the wheelbarrow. Oh. I gave him the Patriot lock. And it gave him, did it take him four minutes to just submit to get a new wheel? He couldn't figure out how to tap out. He, had, he was struggling. Good God, Jack Swagger. Hey, I'm building up to the world championship. I got to take out every opponent, uh, opponent I can. This is an interesting notion. Uh... With every opponent you take out, would you say that you gain experience points? Almost like a video game, like a Final Fantasy or a Breath of Fire? A fi Final Fantasy? 
uh, it's a video game. It was on Super Nintendo, PlayStation. I don't play. I don't play role playing games. Oh, you don't play role. I'm not a queer homosexual. Oh well, a lot of people play role playing games, and they're not. I'm a sportsman. I'm a true sportsman. I'm an athletic uh, competitor. So like the 2K games. No, I don't. I don't play video games. I know Shelton Benjamin. Okay. Oh, okay. That guy's, a, that guy's a duo hitter. He plays his video games, and then he thinks he's some sort of athlete. No, 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 a no, duo no, no, hitter, no. is it a wrestler and a video game player? Uh, Yes. Okay, fair enough. And, uh, you know, he hangs out with dudes on occasion. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying he's a gay person. Uh, do you hang out with dudes on occasion? I try not to. I just try and hang out with the ladies. Really? Uh, yes. Why are you hanging out with me and Scott? Well, you you guys, uh, well, uh, no, yeah. Scott and I are, no, that's... <laughs> I know we make a lot of jokes on the podcast. No, we're, I figure we're together, but we're not together. Yeah, you guys are together. Yeah, but we're not together. Why do you think I call you scrotums and nutsacks? I because that's how you two kiss. We, we kiss with our scrotums. You and kiss nutsacks. with your scrotums and your What I did there was another rib. I'm talking, you got me that time. You Second rib. Okay. Look out for number three because it's coming. I don't warn me. If you warn me, I'm going to expect it's coming. You know what? What ribbed you? Did not you? ribbing you a third time. No, you got me. So you did rib me a third time by not ribbing me that's a third right. time. That's right. All right. Uh, should should a person order extreme rules? No, no. Every person should order extreme rules. All right, when is it? Uh, oh, I have no idea. No, you don't know. <laughs> I, I'm assuming the month of May. Okay. Uh, probably right around Mother's Day because Mama Swagger is really looking forward to her boy winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Moms love the PJs and the and the Jamie Jams. What? Oh, we were Mom talking about the PJ and the Jamie Jam. We were talking about this earlier. The uh, the singlets and the uniforms. I wear a singlet, sir. Sir, I wear a singlet. I was just gonna. We were just saying that sometimes they look like pajamas. I'm not wearing pajamas. I'm wearing a wrestling singlet what because you, I am a wrestler. What do you wear when you go to bed? What do I wear when I go to bed? Uh oh, dark swagger. Come on now. Trapdoor onesies. A trap. Oh, for the ass. That's right for the S. Right, the trap door. Gotcha, gotcha. You never know when you might have a midnight accident. Or a, uh... Sometimes rolling on wrestling. the road, there's only Taco Bell or Del Taco open. Sometimes as an all-American American, that Mexican food runs right through you. Yeah, uh, Alberto Del Rio usually... the real Dark Swagger Alberto Del Rio recently said... Oh, the Dark Swagger comes out. The Dark Swagger comes out. I gotcha. Can't I gotcha. stop him. Uh, Del Rio recently said that uh, you Americans can't handle spicy Mexican food. I can't handle spicy Mexican food. It runs right through me. Now, what's more offensive, that you can't handle the food or that that promo Del Rio and Ricardo Rodriguez did was seven minutes long? That is seven minutes long? Yeah. Because the only seven minutes I spend is in heaven. Oh, with the ladies. That's right. All right. Yeah. You know what happens from time to time? I'm not going to brag, but, you know, I got some good-looking hair. I'm, you know, I'm blonde, got some sweet hair. Okay. And I hang out with Zeb Coulter, who's got good-looking hair on his face, right? Oh, so you're in the... Well, you have seven minutes in heaven with we Zeb We pick Coulter. up ladies from time to time. Oh, together. Oh, yeah, we pick up ladies, and we take them back to the hotel closet, and we spend seven minutes in heaven. Uh, where would you pick up these ladies to take... Where would you pick up a lady who's confident enough to go in the closet? Waffle House! Waffle House, okay. Yeah, we you, we pick out the local waitresses from your local Waffle House. I was house. about to say, because it is very hard to pick up a woman at another table, but a waitress, she comes by and she's already friendly. She's already friendly and she's looking for tips, and I'll give her the tip. Just a tip. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, thank you very much Extreme for joining Extreme rule, same time to me. <laughs> Man, you know, sometimes I don't like Jack Swagger, other times I really like Jack Swagger. Well, there you go. It's, I love it. Well, that wraps up another episode of Curtain Jerks. <laughs> yes.
Yes, it does. Oh, man, there's so much stuff. You know what? Hey, let me put this out there real quick to our listeners. Um, we are shopping for a new logo. We're shopping for a new design. It shouldn't be too obvious at this point. I mean, I'm thinking of stuff. something with four L's usually <laughs> connected to the center, all of them pointing in a specific direction, <laughs> almost like four directions of a, uh, of, a, of a compass. Something that we can have diagonal on a white circle. On a red flag. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, um, we, we've we had what we've had in the past, and it got by. Uh, you know, it may, it may do, and we're very grateful for, for what we've had and for the friends that have, that have uh, supported us with, with those graphics and designs. But we've reached a new plateau. We're doing new things. We're doing better stuff. And we've tried shopping around. What we're looking for is visual new theme music, essentially. We've gotten yeah. a new song. Now we need it's a new it's a new era. This is Codebreaker Jericho. Yes, this yeah. is we need to visually represent ourselves a little better. We've shopped around. We've gotten we've paid some money here and there. One of the instances that I'll mention is Fiverr. We've done Fiverr. For those of you who don't know what Fiverr is, it's a website in which there you are procure services. Yes. For five dollars, which should be an indication of what we're gonna get, but I didn't think it would be the what we did get. And so some we, people get, had some decent ideas, but it's still not quite of the caliber that we're looking for. But the caliber that apparently I think that we put out there that we were looking for was of the five dollar variety. And to be honest, I did spend ten dollars per person. And I think Charlie might have drawn some of these things. Yes, they some are, of them are all right, but it's not what we're gonna use. But some were fucking dog shit. Well, I. I think we got what we paid for. That's how I We're going to post a couple of these to, sh to show you what we're talking about. I talked to Scott about this earlier. Now, this I'd be interested in. How many people want to see these pictures? And I'm not sure how much we're supposed to ridicule or be respectful of we what we paid. We paid $5. We paid 10 Yeah, we did pay. Fuck it. We're getting our content's worth. So if you are a listener of the show and you enjoy what we do and you're like, yeah, your logo's not up to snuff to then what you draw do. a cartoon penis and write <laughs> curtain jerks on it. Uh, then please uh, contact us, curtainjerks at gmail.com, uh, on our Facebook, on our Twitter. Uh, you can search for us there and, and reach out to us. If you know somebody or if you do it yourself, if you... If you're a basement dweller and you love wrestling and you and you create stuff all the time and you're able to do it, then please we'll we'll talk and we'll see what we can we can put together. This is we were at a video game store earlier today. True. Because this is how we spend our time. And I found a tin case for Dead Rising uh, New Vegas. Whatever the latest one was. What? The one in Las Vegas. The one in Fort Fallout. No, New Dead Vegas. Rising. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Okay, so Dead Rising 2, the, Three, whatever. the, the additional content thing. Yeah, so it's like special edition, and it was the Zombrex one. It comes in a tin, mm -hmm. and I was sort of struck by the fact that they actually spent time, and I think they hired an advertising firm to actually make a logo for Zombrex. Oh. Like, it looks like a corporate product. And in a way, it's sort of interesting to, to me that we're sort of, we have this podcast that it's not fictional. But we're trying to find a logo for it's it. all true. Yeah, this is completely true. Everything we're saying is true. Leeches, leeches, leeches. <laughs> um, and that w that's what I think is funny, that they spent some so much for a fictional product and made it seem like a real product. We have an actual product, and we're struggling with a logo. Like, we're trying to find what best identifies yes. our brand. And it's interesting because not only is it wrestling, the pageantry of wrestling, which is sort of hyper-masculine and fantasy and sort of medieval, but also kind of at the forefront of being badass, as well as trying to marry that to uh, comedy and whimsy and characters and sweet voices. <laughs> uh, an actual guest from time to time. Yeah, an actual guest from time to time. That'll be the uh, the R in curtain. It'll yes. be a very like strict, realistic R. 
So, yes, please, if you have ideas, if you know people, if you want to do it, please reach out to us. We, we'd love to hear from you and, uh, and, and get something new to, to, to boost uh, more interest into the podcast. Yeah, that was... God, I feel like I revealed a little bit of myself right there just talking about our logo. Yeah, and bruised ladies. Yeah. Bruised. Yeah, and if you got a sister with some fucking bruises on her hips, send I'll them sh- Steve's way. I'll show everyone that tattoo I have on my penis. <laughs> uh, so, for Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narver. I'm Steve. Sears. <laughs> it says AIDS. <laughs> Enjoy your wrestling, kids. And then when I'm erect, it says Adidas. <laughs>